everyone, and welcome to episode 31 of the Malthouse Games Podcast. This is the first episode of 2019, our second year going, doing the show, and having a good time. My name is Delton. I'll be your host this evening. And with me in the other chair on the other side of the desk is my lovely wife, as usual, Haley. Hi there. I'm glad I'm the usual lovely wife. Yeah, you're usually pretty lovely, but sometimes it's, uh, it's rough. I thought you meant like, I'm the <laughs> wife that's usually here, not like your other wife who's like hanging out in the guest bedroom playing with the cat. No, no. She doesn't come in the house when you're around. Okay. That makes sense. This is a podcast all about tabletop games, board games, card games, RPGs, all that kind of stuff. Mostly it's me rambling on with my first husband, Delton. <laughs> what is that from? I don't remember, but I, I'm going to use it forever. I know your boss, Grant, used to say that a lot. Yeah, he used to say it about his wife. He, whenever he would go to functions or whatever, he would introduce uh, his wife, Katie, as, this is my first wife. It's such a good joke, like... It's some, I don't know. It's super, super funny every time. Every time. So welcome to episode 31. It's 2019. It seems just like 2018. I keep trying to write 2018 as the date every time I'm at work. And I've also slipped up and put 2020 at this point, which is a problem. I haven't asked you yet. Do you have a New Year's resolution? We talked about this last episode some. Really, it's just the gaming New Year's resolution, which was play 500 plays. In terms of a personal New Year's resolution, I don't know that I have one. Okay, guys, if you're listening to this podcast, what I'd like you to do is tweet at either Delton, D-E-L-T-O-N-B-R-A-C-K, at Delton Brack, and tell him what his New Year's resolution should be based on your experience listening to Malthouse Games podcast. This could end up horribly. This could end up great. (laughs) It could be pretty great, too. I guess it just depends on what I get. Come on. You guys can do it. I mean, I have plenty of suggestions, but I'm kind of biased. Oh, thank you. (laughs) You have suggestions of how I can improve. Is that it? No. Ah, rude. (laughs) Straight up rude. We're going to start drinking a beer this episode because we need it. This beer is one that we had. I don't know if we mentioned this on episode 30. We may have. I think we did. The one that we got in... Rhode Island. Island. That's up to 20% alcohol. Yeah, 15 to 20%. They don't actually specify. It says it ages well, which it does. It's still a mystery. Dogfish Head 120-minute IPA, the Imperial India Pale Ale. It is very, very, very good. We had one a while back. It's about $35 a four-pack, so it's not something you're going to buy for just everyday drinking, which is why I thought it would be good to drink on the podcast, because not only did we drink this during our engagement trip, but it's the first time we've found it since. And beginning to a new year, let's start off with one of the best beers we've had. And this is so intense that Delton and I are only splitting one beer this podcast. I mean, 15 to 20% alcohol, if you drink 12 ounces of that, that's a lot of alcohol. I mean, it's a Saturday night right now. We're behind on the podcast, but Saturday night right now. So it's okay if we drink a whole one. But also at 35 bucks a four pack, I don't want to drink a whole one. <laughs> Not a piece. Saturday night's all right for a fight and get a little dogfish in. I don't know what song that is normally, but it worked this time. I am getting the stare that says you should know this song. However, I am uncultured swine, as Haley would say, and I don't know what song that is. Okay, my New Year's resolution for you is to listen to every Elton John song there is. And we're gonna I'm start. not an Elton John fan. You're going to be. 
No. You're going to be. I don't care for most music that's just a guy behind a piano. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Ah, ah. That's grounds for divorce. Why? How dare you insult my man like that? I'm sorry, but he's taken, and he doesn't want you. Plus, he's like 90. He's only like 63 or so. He's not that bad. I know. I always think he's way older than he is. Who knows? Let's uh, let's try the beer out, even though we've had it before. Let's do that. (laughs) Haley bumps the microphone cable. She's still getting used to this dual microphone setup. Ooh, that's good. It's got a good amount of malty sweetness. The hops hit you in the front. And they slowly come down in intensity throughout the drink, and it finishes with a little bit more of the alcoholy, like ethanol finish than it does a hoppy finish, like most uh, big imperial IPAs. This is one of the sweetest beers I've ever tasted, though. I mean, with as much dry hopping and as many hops as as are in this, you have to have it sweet, or else it would just obliterate your taste buds. You would basically taste nothing for a month. It's like burning your tongue and then everything tastes like rubber or plastic or just burnt. That's what this would do. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very good. It's a heavy beer, sweet, a lot of alcohol, a lot of hops on the front end. It calms down toward the back end. It's got a good, nice amber color. And it's beer. I also like that the mouthfeel isn't too much. That's what she said. Thank you. But it's not too crisp either it's a nice middle ground it's a good oklahoma weather right now which is rainy and like 40 degrees definitely a sipper too it's definitely a sipper we've had a full week this week Delt. we've had a very full week this week we've had to put caroline we talked about caroline last episode our new kitty we had to put her back in the bedroom like full time for a bit and now introduce Penny to her the way we did with Steve, because Penny is a problem child. Yeah, she has taken over as the dominant cat and has completely turned our household upside down. It really doesn't sound like it'd be that big of a deal for a new cat to become dominant, but my God, it's been awful. Yeah, because Penny, our older cat, is just taken over, and it's, it's weird. But we're managing it. We're putting her through the same steps that Steve went through to get accustomed to Caroline, and it's going to be slower process. It's going to take longer. It's going to be a little more nerve-wracking, but we're getting there. It's going pretty well so far, and it's just going to take time. And also this week, Hershey had surgery on Monday. Yeah. Hershey had to have three teeth pulled, two of which we found were abscessed, which means basically infected. He was only six months over his teeth cleaning schedule, but he's a chihuahua. And genetically, smaller dogs, especially chihuahuas, tend to have higher chance of teeth issues. So he had three large teeth pulled, two were canines, and then they also found out he had a fracture in his jaw. So they had to suture one of the wounds tighter to help hold the jaw steady, and it took him several days to eat and start feeling better. I had to get new pain medicine to add on top of his old. He's finally doing okay. Thank goodness it's been a stressful week, and the little guy's doing good now. Poor Delton. I've never seen him so stressed in my life. Yay. Delton's had Hershey since he was 15 years old. Hershey's almost 13 this year. Which is ridiculous. Yep. He turns 13 like a month and a half before I turn 28. And I've had him the whole time. So, uh, yeah, it was a rough week, but he's doing really well now. That's why we're- Only has two teeth left. Only has- He has four teeth and dogs normally have- No, sorry. He has eight and dogs normally have 42. He does not have eight teeth. They're all back molars. All of them. That's a lie and a half. All but that one, he has one canine left and no front teeth. (laughs) His tongue hangs out. It's so funny. But 
uh, it's been a good week now. Like it's this weekend has been good. The week was rough. It's improved. Hershey's better. The cats are better. We started DDPY, the DDP yoga program. Today was our official first kind of intro start, but tomorrow's the real first start. And it's been pretty good. We're behind on the podcast because of all the stressors, but we're going to get it done, record it tonight, edit it in the morning, release it at noon tomorrow. For people like you. For people like you. Before we move into the game, have you seen that stupid Facebook thing everyone's doing where it's like, post your first Facebook profile photo and then post your new one and see how much you've changed because photos... Can you just pull up your original Facebook profile picture real quick just for my entertainment? <laughs> no, because it's the uh, the negative image. I want to see it again. It was the first picture I took on my laptop uh, webcam in 2011 when I moved into my first apartment outside the dorms at college. Was that the first time that you used Facebook? I started a Facebook senior year. Really? And never touched it and then started using it in college. Huh. I was all about MySpace and Bebo. Oh, God. That was who I was as a person. I want to just remember how much you've changed. I met you in 2010. Yeah. Yeah, so you met me, if not that same year, like the year after. Okay. Well, Delton's pulling his up. I decided to compare my first profile picture with my most recent. Now, for those of you who follow me on Twitter, you've seen my Facebook profile with picture, which is basically half my face with my glasses and my cat in the background. That's one that's also on Facebook. So I've actually used it for a year and a half. I just don't change things very often. However, my very first profile picture was not of me. It was of my donkey. So when I was 16 years old, you know how most kids, well, I would say a lot of kids get a car for their 16th birthday. Yeah, that really didn't happen for me. My parents had a car they let me use. But instead of getting like the normal 16-year-old things, I got a pet donkey for my 16th birthday, and his name was Leroy. <laughs> uh, Haley was such an ass in high school. She got an ass for her 16th birthday. Oh, such an ass. So my very first profile picture was of an ass. <laughs> I loved that donkey. <laughs> that was the donkey. That makes me laugh. So I got that for my birthday, and Christmas was like three weeks later, yeah. and I woke up on Christmas Eve. I guess it technically was Christmas Day at like three in the morning. I saw a bunch of flashlights outside of my window, and I was scared to death. And so I opened up my window in the pasture next door. There were like four cops trying to surround my donkey and I escaped. It was like running out. So we lived on like a semi-busy road by the oil field. Yep. And I guess the cops were called with a loose donkey, which happens all the time whenever animals get out. Normally the sheriff's officer, the police are called. And I look out there and there were four cops trying to corral my donkey, Leroy. I just love that it was Leroy. I love that it was a donkey. And I love that the cops were trying to corral him. They didn't do... They probably didn't have like the thing you put around their neck and lead them. They probably didn't no. like do anything. They were just like, God, get over there. And well, no, they did have the lead because you know what happened? Oh, he bit through it. No. One of the cops got him. And uh, so he was trying to hold him down. Now, Leroy, I don't know where my parents bought him from. He was supposed to be a miniature donkey when we bought him, but he wasn't. Like my parents said they got a miniature donkey, but he was basically a full grown donkey when we got him. So I don't know how that happened. The cops had him like tied up like tied around with that rope or whatever you call it. Well, Leroy decided to take off and ended up dragging a cop through a sticker patch. He got up and had like stickers all over his face and his stomach. Donkeys are the best. So it was after that that Leroy had to live at my uncle's house, which had more secure fencing. That's awesome. Here's my first profile picture. I forgot. Uh, one of our teachers in high school had twins, and it's me holding his two twin babies and Martinez doing peace signs behind me, which our friend 
Oh, yeah. I remember seeing that and being like, who the <laughs> hell are those babies? Yeah. That was the first one. And then there was the second one, one of my senior photos. Yes. So this was before I got out of high school. Will you please share those on the Twitter page? I won't. Please. I won't. Please. I had one that was Chucky from Rugrats. What is wrong with you? I remember I used to use the name Rubber Ducky for like StarCraft oh, and stuff. And that was right. Chucky with a rubber duck. So Chucky with a rubber ducky. That was when Audrey uh, drew me. Oh, yeah. Hi, yeah. Audrey. And then I had one that was me and Cameron and you. That was our second picture together. I think so, yeah. And then the famous negative photo. God. Okay. <laughs> Nobody can make fun of my donkey picture. Nobody can. I know that Dalton is this not is planning on showing these pictures of him, but my yes. donkey as a Facebook profile picture as a 16-year-old pales in comparison to the Photoshop jobs that 16, 17, 8-year-old Dalton attempted. Oh, God, Cullen. That's me and Cullen. He uh, had hair. Poor guy. Oh man, and I still had a ponytail, but that was a, that was a party. Oh man, oh man, uh, um, oh man. First haircut, big glasses. Let's get onto the game and get out of this Facebook crap. Oh, here's the door. It's straight ahead. It's it's a game. All right. So for today's game, we are talking about Burgle Bros, which is a Tim Fowers game, and it's from his company, which I believe is Fowers Games. Tim Fowers and I were on a podcast once, but he doesn't know it. He doesn't remember. He was on the Tuesday Night Podcast as a guest, and Haley had her Tuesday Night Podcast submission played, and she was knighted, or... He knighted me. He knighted you to be a dame, Dame Haley, on that episode, and <laughs> he didn't remember it, which was kind of funny when we saw him at Gen Con. I was like, hey, we were on the same podcast together, and he was like, uh, nice yeah. guy, though. I, I think being that you didn't speak, and it was like a recording they listened to, it kind of makes more sense. Oh, yeah. But Burgle Bros is designed by Tim Fowers with art by Ryan Goldsbury, design solutions by Robert Shewa, art direction was Heiko Gunther, and the room, tools, and loot card art was Virginia Critchfield. So Burgle Bros is a game where you do exactly one of the words that's in the name. You burgle. You cooperatively, with everyone else at the table, play a team of robbers and you're trying to rob a bank essentially there's a couple different scenarios in the book but the basic one is you're robbing a bank that has three floors everybody gets a character and one of the things i love about this game is that everybody's character has a unique special ability and there's two sides to them there's the normal side and the advanced side the advanced ability usually is stronger but more restrictive as well so one of them, which I think was my favorite, uh, we have not played with the advanced abilities yet because the game is tough without them. Being cooperative, you know, you're expecting to have a hard time winning. And you should expect that with this game. Because it's like a group project and you're relying on other people. Exactly. Exactly. Delton. But my favorite character I've played so far was a, a lady who has a raven. And I love it because I named the raven whatever the hell I named it that day. But you can place the raven on one of the tiles in the room and anytime a guard goes through it, they're slowed down. So I just imagine some ladies like, you know, Carlisle, go distract the guard. And then the bird goes over there and the guard walks through like the foyer and the bird's like, Wah! he's like, what are you doing in here, bird? Wah! Get get out of here. Wah! And that's the whole, I don't know why. This game, just going to go ahead and jump to that. This game is a game where after you play it, there's funny little stories you can come up with easily that make it so much more entertaining. It's with these characters and their special abilities and some of the cards and things that happen. 
you get these weird, crazy, like heist movie stories. And there's also a guy. Who's the guy from Machete? Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo. There's a guy in there who looks like Danny Trejo. And he carries around dynamite. He is my favorite character in the entire game. <laughs> I always want to be him. I want to embody him in real life. He basically has the ability to blow up a wall and make it where anybody can pass through the wall. And it's just the funniest. I don't know why it's, it's so most funny. It's ridiculous thing. And if you play where you get randomly assigned a character, then you'll have like this short little acrobat man, Danny Trejo, and then a woman with a bird that attacks the guards. Is the most random eclectic array of individuals to have ever, I don't know, committed a crime. Basically, uh, essentially, the board is made up of these tiles. It's a four by four board, so 16 tiles is a floor. There's three of those floors. You guys all come in onto one tile, one at a time. You move so much, and once somebody moves, then the guard moves. He continues his patrol. You have to find the safe, crack the safe by revealing, rolling some dice, things like that. Move on to the next floor, find the safe, crack the safe, go to the third floor, find the safe, crack the safe, and then get to the helicopter pad. You've got some tokens that if the guard catches you, you use one to where you're hiding. If you ever have to use a token and you don't have any, you lose, which sucks. Everyone loses. Everyone loses. The whole team gets busted. So it's a really easy game to get. There's another game that's similar but more simple. It's like a simplified version called How to Rob a Bank. They have it at Target. It's a very simplified version, but to me... This one definitely, like, it's weird to learn at first and kind of weird to teach at first. Especially since there are two to three boards each time you play. Yes, there's two in the, like, introduction beginner scenario then three and all the rest. It does make it more difficult to teach, but what's cool is, like, you flip over a room and it's a, like, a thermal alarm. And you have to stop moving because if you keep moving through the room, it reads your heat signature too much and then it sets an alarm off. Well, somebody else could have found a computer that they can hack into to give you the ability to not set off the thermal alarm because you've hacked the computer. And it's just like the weirdest things that happen. You can find air ducts to travel through. You can fall from like a skywalk that for some reasons on the first floor of a building, there's a skywalk with like nothing underneath it. <laughs> or you can find loot that is a tiara for some strange reason oh, in a bank. Worst. And if you find that, then you sparkle. And so if the guards are within, what, two or three spaces of you, they see you. It's if they're in the space adjacent, then they see you. And I love that because one of the guys I had, I had the tiara, and then it had roller skates. So I just imagine this guy is trying to rob a bank, wearing a sparkly-ass tiara on his head, with roller skates on his feet, just skating around trying to get away from the guards. Or and like it's... Danny Trejo character. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just funny. Like, every time we play this game, funny little stories happen. It's a challenge. It's enjoyable for everyone. And once somebody knows how to play the game, it's pretty simple to teach, and people catch on quickly because you move a certain amount of moves, do so many actions. If you don't do enough, you flip an event. Could be good or bad. As long as one person knows how to handle like the guard movements and how alarms go off and stuff, it's just a really fun game. I mean, I don't want to go into a ton of detail because there's so many tiles and so many loot cards and so many tool cards, like the invisibility suit or whatever, and there's all these characters with all this text, and there's different variants and all this stuff. Like All the Fowers games have variants. It's very, very good if you want to play a fun, cooperative heist game where you're robbing stuff with crazy characters. Seconded. Burgle Bros. Just, Brian got it for me. I should mention that. So thank you, Brian. Uh, him and his wife had um, some family things to, to deal with for a little bit, and we helped them by going to their house and feeding their dogs, letting their dogs out, playing with the dogs for a bit. We only did it for a couple days, but they needed help, and we helped them because we live right down the road. They're great friends. Brian has helped us a thousand times yes. as well. 
and Brian got this for us as a thank you for spending the time we did with their dogs. So thank you, Brian, for that, because we've enjoyed it. He's enjoyed it. He really wants to buy it. <laughs> but definitely, if you like Fowers games and you think a heist game where you can come up with funny stories is awesome, definitely pick up Burgle Bros. It's like 40 bucks, I think. It's not bad. It's not bad at all. Plus, Tim Fowers is a nice guy. Yes, he is. he doesn't remember me. He does not remember <laughs> you. One of the cool things about Burgle Bros, though, and I think there's not a ton of games that do this, but some do, is technically you're robbing a bank. There's no story behind it. So you're really kind of the bad guy in the situation, which is always really fun. Hey, what can I get you? I'd like a topic. Any special way? Make it a top shelf topic. Coming up. Enjoy. The topic is going to be, after that fantastic transition of mine, <laughs> off the top of my head, too. I was really proud of that one. Thank you. You should I be. didn't even catch on. I was you... like, what are we going to? <laughs> oh, wait. I came up with this topic. <laughs> this roller coaster I thought was going up, and it went down instead. <laughs> Wee. Wee. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the topic today is games where you play the bad guy. So in Burgle Bros, you play a bunch of thieves. You're a ragtag group of random-ass people. And you're going to rob a bank. Like, that's not nice. You're a bad guy. So I just wanted to mention, like, what is it about playing the bad guy in games that's so much fun? And are there any other games we know of that really put you in the control, in control, put you in the seat as a bad guy rather than a good? Because most games don't. Or if they do, you're just a traitor, which it's not, not quite what I'm talking about. The big one I can think of is that Disney game Villainous that they came out with where everyone plays a Disney villain. I don't know if the game's any good. I think it's a super cool idea to have like Maleficent and Ursula and all these bad characters that you can play as. So you can be like the evil side. Uh, but I don't know anything else about the game. So I can't really speak on it past that. But I thought that was such a cool idea to have the bad guy be who you're controlling, who you're playing, and, you know, see everything from that lens. I'm going to make a, I don't know, socio-political, historical evaluation of a board game. Twilight Struggle? No. Thebes. Yeah. Yeah. So Thebes is a game where basically you're playing uh, early 1900s archaeologist, and they look like British archaeologists, so I'm going to assume that they're either British or American, like Howard Carter excavating the King Tut's tomb or whatnot yeah but basically you're playing these archaeologists going to all of these mediterranean and north african countries to excavate and dig up treasures and then take them back and talk about them technically looking back historically that makes you the bad guy because <laughs> <laughs> i don't know some of the english will argue about those elgin marbles they're not the greek marbles they're the elgin marbles uh so Really, archaeologists, American and English ones, would go to other countries, specifically ones that England had colonized, and they would excavate ruins and cultural artifacts and bring them back to England and not preserve them or really remember the culture, take time to figure out the culture. And so I'm playing this game like, yeah, I'm finding all these treasures. And like, Delton can identify each of these things from the Greek islands or from Alexandria. And I'm thinking about it like, man, I'm a real jerk. I'm destroying a culture right now. <laughs> I mean, it's true. You look at like Sir Arthur Evans. He's the guy who discovered the palace at Knossos on Crete. He rebuilt pieces of it thinking this is how it looked. They painted in pieces of... Now, given the paintings in terms of like the bull leaping fresco 
was pretty well done because it matched pretty accurately, but they painted in things thinking this is how they looked. They added colors on to the columns. They added red thinking this must have been red. It makes sense, but not really taking the time. It's the same with Heinrich Schliemann, the German guy. He not only discovered the uh, Mask of Agamemnon over at Mycenae, but he's the guy who went to Troy at Hisarlik and dug through, and instead of going really carefully and digging a few inches and digging a few inches, he dug like six feet down, destroyed decades of civilization evidence on this one temple part. And like, I mean, you're just, you're destroying stuff. It's the absolute worst. So in Thebes, you get to play the villain, but it's really fun. Uh, yeah, Thebes is a really fun, simple game, but uh, you kind of have to look at it through that lens of these people stole stuff from other cultures or they did stuff, some of it illegally, and it's like, oh, what are you going to do? It's fine. They're their colonies. It's fine. I guess so. Another game I can think of where you're a bad guy is, um, is Mr. Jack, because somebody plays Jack the Ripper. Given that's more of a deduction, puzzly kind of game, but one person is, and it's honestly, it's a really fun position to be in that game where you're the bad guy, but you also don't view it from a bad guy lens. It doesn't talk about murders. It doesn't talk about any of that. It just says, you're good, you're bad, go. And then you play. So it kind of dances around that a little bit. I would like to touch on your um, Twilight Struggle observation, though. Yep. You know, even though the Cold War ended in what, would you say, like 1991? I don't have a clue. Wall fell in 89. Really, the USSR disbanded in 91, I think. And so before that time, there was very much an us versus them when it comes to the United States versus the USSR. And even though it disbanded like 20, I guess same years, same age as I was born, 28 years ago, there's still like this ingrained fear of the communist United States. And so if you play Twilight Struggle and you take on the role of the USSR, you're taking on the role as the commies. And so you kind of feel, even though logically you're like, no, it's just two warring powers and, you know, I've. It doesn't make any sense for us to demonize them. Still, you take on that role as Russia in that game or the USSR, and you're like, yeah, I'm the bad guy. I mean, it makes sense. It does make sense. I mean, I feel like that would be any game politically where you're either Russia in the 20th century or something, you know, one of those countries that abused power kind of things. I don't know. That's a good one, though. Like, anything political, I guess, could be, you could be persuaded or dissuaded toward any game political. You know what I mean? Like 1960 making of the president, you could have an argument that either Nixon or Kennedy was the evil side. (laughs) (laughs) Just depending on (laughs) your views, your outlooks, and, you know, stuff like that. Aside from that, it's really hard without including traitor games. I mean, if you have a game like Battlestar Galactica, Shadows Over Camelot, where you play- Avalon. One-Night Ultimate Werewolf. Or Dead of Winter, where someone's a traitor or maybe more than one person's a traitor. If you include that, then yes, everyone- but it's really hard to find a game where just everybody's kind of the bad guy. To me, when everyone gets to play the bad guy, and it's not in a way of like Thebes where it's when you start to think about it, when it's like Burgle Bros or Disney's Villainous where you're obviously a villain. To me, it's almost like in a good movie where the bad guy wins. It's so rewarding when it happens because it happens so rarely. When it comes down to it, the good guys try so hard, but they don't make it. But the bad guy that you hate, but you kind of like, but you hate, ends up succeeding. There's something about that. This will happen in the first Rocky, right? Maybe. Not, not the third one where he defeated the communist. It might have been the second one. I don't remember, though. It's, it's been so long. 
it's kind of like um okay think of the dark knight right arguably the best of the batman movies yes the one with the joker what if the joker had succeeded and been the winner at the end of that movie how it would have changed it but you wouldn't have been upset you would have enjoyed what was to come you would have thought Oh, he outsmarted him. All right. He's got real... Comp- like, it would have excited you more than... I mean, given, due to real-life circumstances, it's a very sad situation. But in terms of the movie itself, that would have been a very cool thing. He made Batman disappear. <laughs> He's just in, like, somebody's eye. I don't know. I tried to make a joke. Didn't work. My brain farted. <laughs> it's fine. But I just... I want to see more games where you're a bad guy. And I know that you can argue it for a lot of stuff. Like, Libertalia, you're all pirates. Pirates weren't really the best people, historically, like what we know about pirates. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. I guess if there's a game where you play Robin Hood, technically Robin Hood's doing illegal things, but is he really a bad? Then you start leaning into like morals and ethics and crap. And then you have a thesis defense. Then you have a thesis defense. Either way, I enjoy playing the bad guy. I just think it's a change of pace. I think like an RPG session, like D&D, where everyone's evil. So you walk into a town and someone mouths off and you kill them. Like, that would be an entertaining but also weird game to play. But I think every once in a while, that would be rewarding. It would be fun to play the opposite side. Do what you normally never do. Rewarding to kill people. Yes. Okay. Well, maybe not that strong. But <laughs> just being the bad guy. The guy who steals. Like, in, oh, I uh, you know, in playing video games, if you pickpocket. Well, it's, it's like, you know, we watch shows whenever we're kids. We're really much a big fan of the good versus evil. Mm-hmm. Whenever you watch little kid shows, if it's rated for, like, up to age 12, People either inherently good or inherently bad. But as we grow up, we enjoy the more complex characters. Yep. Like Superman as a kid, a kid might look up to Superman, whereas an adult, we might be more interested in Watchmen. I was about to say, just makes you think of Rorschach, who's yeah. doing terrible things in the name of good, but for some reason, we love him. Right. It's one of those things, but that's Watchmen's just great. I've been wanting know, to watch it again. I wrote my first psychology paper, psychology, my very first introductory mm-hmm. psychology class, I wrote over Rorschach. Really? Yeah. What, what was it about? I forgot. Um, so you had to take a character and you had to diagnose them based on the DSM-4. And I think I diagnosed him as uh, antisocial personality disorder, which is not the same as social anxiety, everybody. Not the same. That's cool, though. That's cool. I mean, it's a great movie. Fantastic. And technically, Alan Moore did write all those characters based on like some psychological personality disorder. Personality disorder so it makes sense. Like a... Sally Jupiter is definitely borderline personality disorder. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what's his face with Babastis? Uh, Osmandius. Osmandius, definitely narcissist. Uh, Dr. I, Manhattan was depression? I can't remember. I can't remember. You'll, I'll have to look him up, but... You get out my DSM-5. Alamore's just great, that's why. But anyway, playing the bad guy in a game is fun. Being the bad guy during Werewolf is fun. Playing a game like Burgle Bros, where you're all robbing from a bank, it's fun. It's good. I mean, the video game Payday does the same stuff, and that game's a blast because you get to do something that you normally wouldn't, and I think that's part of it is experiencing something that is actually true in real life, aside from, like, you know, Carlisle the bird running around attacking guards. Could happen. It could happen, I guess. You could have a trained carrier pigeon. Trained hawk. Meow. Terrifying. That's a peacock. Okay. Meow. Playing bad guys are fun. I want to play bad guys more. I just, it. you know, I, I want them to do that. I want someone to make a game where you're the villain the whole time, and that's the game. I want it. I want to see it. I want to see cooler stuff that's not just Disney, because I'm not a huge Disney fan. Disney's fine. If we lived in opposite worlds, and we were actual bad people in real life, I think things would be very different. 
And now, join us for a Malthouse Games podcast special bite-sized question. Or they would be the same. Or they could be the same. For the question today, if we were a bad guy, what would be our particular set of skills that we would use to keep the good guys away? So take an obviously particular set of skills, but the bad guy instead of the good guy. It's fun that way. You start, Delton. What is yours? I was hoping you would start because <laughs> I can't figure it out. Uh, that's a really tough one. I would probably, I feel like I would be really good at hiding in plain sight. I get away with that pretty well now. Like, yeah, I'm a, I'm larger framed. I got, you know, a red beard, whatnot. But I can hide in a room pretty well without people really realizing, oh, Delton's over there. And I don't know if that's just people don't like me or what, but I can do it. So if I was a bad guy, I would just hide in plain sight all the time and I'd get away with it. And then hopefully if I get in shape before then, I'd also be a parkour master. That's what I want. Parkour. <laughs> what was yours? So mine's kind of similar. I think I can get people to trust me. So I'd be a good double agent. Oh, you can. So one of my favorite things to do, and this is not for like a, a bad guy thing, I don't think. I love to make friends with random people. It's one of my favorite. Delton hates it so much. It's the worst because you're at Walmart and you're trying to check out and you want to leave. And Haley keeps talking and keeps talking to these random people that we'll never see again. And I want to go home. <laughs> That's essentially it. But I just have, I don't know if it's because I'm assertive or I don't know if it's because I'm a small child looking thing, but I like to, I like to go up and make friends. Like at Gen Con, whenever we needed extra players to our game, we'd go up to random people, tap them on the shoulder and say, hey, you're going to play a game with us. But I think I can get people to trust me pretty easily. And so I think I'd be an excellent, excellent double agent. You really can. People always trust in you, tell you things they don't tell anybody else. And I don't know why. Like, not even in therapy. Like, this happened no. in high school. For example, there was this new guy who started at work at the movie theater when I was in high school. And I had met him, like, once before. But by the end of our first shift together, he was telling me about all of this, like, stuff that happened to him. And then he looked at me and he said... I have literally never told anyone this in my entire life. Why the hell am I telling you this? And I was like, I don't know. I'm 19 eating popcorn. <laughs> it, I don't know why it works, but it does. People talk to you. They'll tell you literally everything. I'm going to be you, a double agent. You should be an interrogator for the police. Hi. You think I'm the good cop, but I'm not. No, I'm no one, cop. No one would think you're the bad cop. Exactly. It was perfect. <laughs> they would just laugh at you trying to be the bad cop. I like kick their chair over. Me. And I stubbed my toe. Eh. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Malthouse Games podcast. <laughs> no uh, one's going to be my friend anymore because no they're going to think I'm a double agent. <laughs> no one's going to be your friend. After that comment of stubbing your toe, we're going <laughs> to close this down a little bit. Thank you for tuning in to the Malthouse Games podcast, episode 31, the first episode of 2019. I can't believe it's 2019. It's been a year. Crazy. We're still going. Going strong. If you want to email us, contact at malthousegames.com. Tell us a game to talk about, a topic to bring up, or a question you want us to answer on the show, and we'll do it no problem. And don't forget to add us on Twitter if you figure out what you think Delton's New Year's resolution should be. You can find me at Delton Brack, D-E-L-T-B-R-A, wait, <laughs> misspelled my own name, D-E-L-T-O-N-B-R-A-C-K, or the podcast at Malthouse Games, M-A-L-T-H-A-U-S Games. Haley is on Twitter at... S-Q-U-I-R-R-E-L-Y-G-E-E-K. You can find us on pretty much all social media under those tags. 
Also, a quick shout out before we wrap up the show completely to our amazing Patreon backers, Alan and Allison. They are at the level in which they get a shout out on Patreon. Thank you guys so much for supporting us. If you want to be like them and get shouted out or check out some of our other support levels, you can go to patreon.com slash malthousegames. This beer is a lot stronger than I remembered. This beer is a lot stronger and it's delicious. Until next time, sit back, relax, grab a drink, and play some games. We'll see you all next time. Doodaloo.